You're listening to the BCTLE Podcast, a resource made possible by the BD Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence at Taylor University. I'm your host, Timothy Berkey. On last week's episode of the BCTLE Podcast, I had a chance to talk to Barb Bird about how do we rest well and reflect well on what we learned over the last year and a half of COVID teaching. And uh, this week, um, I wanted to think a little bit about who are some of the voices that help me get excited for the start of a new semester? Who are some of the people, what are some of the pieces of encouragement that remind me of the joy behind the work uh, that uh, create incredible memories and conversations. While we are blessed by so many fantastic colleagues, the voices that came to my mind were the voices of our students. Hearing our students get excited about content hearing our students get excited about learning opportunities, hearing our students get excited about what God is doing in their lives, hearing our students get excited about what is happening on their wing or in their relationships. Those are the kinds of conversations that tend to breathe a little bit of fresh life into my sails from time to time. And if I can take it just a step further, it's our alum. Hearing from a student who sat in our classes and worked through the hard, challenging content, who found themselves struggling, not knowing if they were going to be able to persist to the next semester, working through numerous personal relationships, family relationships, Those students who come back, who share good news about what is going on in their life, that that gives me so much hope during the more challenging, less enjoyable parts of my semester. I don't know how each of you might get encouragement, but I thought maybe what I would do on this episode of the podcast was invite on an alum. Uh, My guest today is Miley Brennan. Miley graduated from Taylor in 2016 and has since gone on to do some incredible and also just normal mundane life things like we hope for all of our alum. Miley graduated with a degree in communication. So there's a little bit of uh, uh, sort of family reunion vibes uh, in our conversations. Um, But I found myself as I listened to what God is doing in Miley's life, I found myself once again feeling that breath of fresh life, fresh energy beyond 
know, creating my syllabi or uh, rethinking an assessment, all of a sudden it became not about the class and not about me, but it was once again about our students. And when that's where I can be reminded of what we're doing, that we have a small part to play in what God is doing in our students' lives. And man, it just, it made my day. I want to invite you into that conversation. So here's my conversation with Miley Brennan. Miley, welcome to the BCTLE podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this summer, our focus on the BCTLE podcast is to you know, rest and recover over the last year to make connections across campus and to get excited about the year that is coming towards us. And uh, this is our first episode on the podcast where we are uh, not talking with faculty or staff uh, at Taylor, though you are joining us as an adjunct instructor this upcoming year. Uh, We're talking with alum. I think one of the things that makes me most excited about an upcoming semester is the students in the classroom that we get to interact with, that we get to mentor, that we get to disciple, that we get to help discover their passions within our discipline or within God's calling for their life. I can't think of uh, another person I would love to hear more about what God is doing in your life, what passions uh, you are exploring. Um, uh, So Miley, can you, for faculty listening who might not have had you as a student, can you talk a little bit about your connection to Taylor, where that connection starts and where it is today? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Winchester, Indiana, not too far from here. And my first connection to Taylor was because we went to band camp here every summer. So I knew what Taylor was, and I knew it was a Christian university, so I was very interested in that as a young teen. Decided to go to Taylor, and I started off wanting to do theater, because that's what I was very invested in in high school. And when I was talking to a professor here, and I was explaining that I was passionate about story, I was passionate about people, I was passionate about exploring uh, different concepts of life and normal life, but also extraordinary life, they said, "Mm, you're a communication major. And I said, okay. And I never changed. I never changed majors. So I graduated from Taylor in 2016. And during that time, I studied abroad in Ireland twice. I was a communication major all the way through with a minor in applied missions, which is why I studied abroad the second time. And uh, after my time at Taylor, I went back and volunteered at the organization in Galway that I got to study under. So I did a year of working in an ecumenical space in Ireland, which is Catholic and Protestant working together. Um, But I quickly learned that in the west of Ireland, that doesn't have the same weight as it does in Northern Ireland, where the Troubles conflict happened for 30 years between Catholics and Protestants. So I learned a lot about Irish culture. I learned a lot about the differences in their eyes and through my American friends of between Catholic and Protestant ideology, theology, all of these things. But my heart was really in post-conflict and what uh, that means, especially for people who on both sides say that they follow Jesus. 
So I ended up coming back to Indiana. I did my master's at Ball State University in communication, and that just opened up a whole new world to me of um, just higher education at a graduate level, a different sense of what, uh, you know, communication theories I could use and apply to conflict specifically. And then now I'm at Queens University Belfast getting my PhD in technically international relations, but I'm looking specifically at how young people's identities impact the way they vote in Northern Ireland, how their political identities shape their lives and which aspects of their identities are most important to them. So whether that be their religious identity or communal identity or some other facet of their identity and how Northern Ireland is moving towards a more peaceful, cohesive place, if that's true. And I'm hoping that my research will be able to be used and taken as data to impact policy at the governmental level, uh, to be able to be used by nonprofit organizations to see how they can best suit and work towards the betterment of life for young people. And really, I would love to uncover some more truths about what the future of Northern Ireland specifically looks like, but also how we as humans engage in conflict and resolution. And upcoming this fall, you will be teaching uh, one asynchronous uh, section of uh, Communication 160, Integrative Communication. Uh, So you are, it's sort of coming uh, full circle a little bit. Now you are... um, uh, taking what you've learned throughout your time here at Taylor and beyond, and you are engaging with Taylor students again, but now uh, from the the faculty side. What were you like as a Taylor student? For faculty who are listening who didn't have the pleasure of having you in class, was it a pleasure? What were you like uh, as a Taylor student? Oh, my word. I was um, very much an overachiever overly eager, very excited to get A's, very frustrated when that didn't happen. Um, I, that seems very unfamiliar. I don't know that. <laughs> oh, you know what? I can think of one or two students who I've had like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was very successful in my small hometown and mm-hmm. the transition to Taylor was difficult for a lot of reasons, but uh, partially because I was really, really pushed for the first time to think critically. Um, Not that my parents didn't instill critical thinking or that my high school teachers didn't try, but, you know, there's a big difference between uh, 16-year-olds and then higher education coming into um, Taylor. And I, in retrospect, I'm very, very grateful for Taylor that so many of my professors really did push for critical thinking, even if I did not appreciate feeling um, that growth that I needed to have. You know, like this, when I got a bad grade it was like I memorized everything you wanted me to memorize and then to be told well yes but you didn't really think how does this apply to the specific context Mm -hmm. and that really started opening my eyes and definitely prepared me for grad school in a lot of ways uh, which I'm grateful for but it it was a bit of a difficult process those first couple of years and so then as I uh, continued on and I started to learn more about like what the expectations were how to think critically and how to engage that it was more than just Uh, getting this Christian education so that I could be a good Christian and live my life how I'd always lived my life, but Mm. how to be a global citizen and how to be a thoughtful communicator, how to be, you know, part of a church community, but also a wider community and um, all of these things. So I was definitely not abnormal for a Taylor student. I don't think I was very um, 
very open to anything that a professor had to say to me, I think I took to heart in a lot of ways, um, which fortunately for me was really good. And I had a really great experience. And I think now that I'm kind of coming into the other side of that, thinking back to like, what would, you know, freshman Miley want from a Taylor University experience? I think so much of it is just that uh, nurture, but that challenge alongside of it that I was really fortunate to find. So talk to me about some of those spaces where the critical thinking, the push to challenge and to explore and question, where were some of those spaces that were uh, maybe a little bit more challenging than others? And how did faculty help walk with you through that? Engaging in rhetorical studies was very challenging for me at first because rhetoric is all about thinking critically, thinking outside of the literal world around you and like how are these words being used? I think I hadn't really thought about questioning messages that I'd been received. I, I remember I wrote a paper about how the Duck Dynasty family was a godly family and the Kardashians were not a godly family. Okay. And my professor was like, hmm, these are interesting concepts and points you're making. And I see where you're coming from, but maybe beyond just this family prays and this other family cusses, how else Hmm. Are you going to build up this argument? And I just thought it was like a straightforward, well, obviously, yeah, this is the reality. <laughs> um, so that was really challenging, but I appreciated that the professor, even though in retrospect, I'm sure she was rolling her eyes while reading the paper, was very kind in approaching and saying, I understand where you're coming from. Here's where I think mm. your argument falls short. And I think being challenged consistently to say, well, what about this gap in your argument? What about this thought? And before then, I hadn't even thought I was making an argument. I wouldn't have called it an argument. I would have said, well, I'm just stating a fact. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just describing the world around me. It's like, well, there's always going to be more that you can analyze and argue. Yeah. Um, so that was a really challenging thing to learn because it was difficult for me not to see reality in black and white. Mm-hmm. But very grateful for those spaces where professors would take the time um, I'm, I believe I mentioned to you earlier, I'm the type of student who reads every single mm-hmm. ounce of feedback that I get back. And I personally was really grateful for that. Yeah. What I'm taking away from that is how often when I'm grading and giving feedback, how tired I get and how, how much I, you know, I, I might start off giving a lot of feedback and then 10 papers in my feedback is getting much shorter and the value of of providing good feedback to every student because while it might not be you know earth shattering the feedback that we give just being able to provide that perspective as faculty of well that's I can see where you're coming from but maybe you haven't considered this or, or what about X, Y, or Z, or, um, have you pushed yourself in this area can make a difference in a student, not maybe not even their next assignment, but it might be longer term than that. So let's sort of take the longer, uh, view a little bit. Uh, when did you realize that you, uh, maybe had a slightly deeper passion for, uh, learning? Uh, than just an undergrad experience? 
I loved my communication degree at Taylor. I then went on to work for a nonprofit organization, and the communication was absolutely disastrous. And I believe that's true. Many well-intentioned nonprofit organizations that are under-resourced and have a lot of moving parts. And I remember being really frustrated because I was like, I was a communication major, but because my role at this organization is so low, I can, I just can't do anything to help fix it in the immediate sense. Mm -hmm. And so when I returned to the States and I found an organizational and professional communication program at Ball State, it just felt perfect because my whole goal was I want to be able to work for nonprofits that are doing amazing work, but that are losing so many resources, so much time, so much of their people's energy to miscommunications or just like difficult communication that maybe people didn't want to address or address poorly. Mm. So that's really where my decision to go into grad school started. And that's that graduate program that I was in really taught me a lot about those practical skills that I really wanted about how to specifically in this organization do X, Y, and Z. Because when I was at Taylor, I wasn't organizational comm. So I feel like that's a big part of it as well. But then also while I was at Ball State is when I discovered conflict studies. And that was basically what I was interested in just on a larger scale. Mm. So you talk about your experience as a Taylor student preparing you for the workplace for this nonprofit. What were some of the major things that you found in grad school that you were pulling on from your Taylor education? First thing that comes to mind is a lot of the theories were still applicable, Mm. which was really nice to go into a classroom and be like, oh yes, I do understand the baseline of what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. even though it's been a couple of years. So that was really good. Um, My writing skills improved exponentially at Taylor. Um, My writing and my editing skills as well. I know this is a very blanket statement of what I've already said, but my critical thinking hat uh, was much stronger because of my time at Taylor. And I did have a few people in the program that I was in who uh, just either didn't have or didn't engage with that push in undergrad, the critical thinking. Um, And they were very much there for the practical element of tell me how to fix an organization. And Mm -hmm. they really, really struggled to then apply the theories, which to me made total sense. It was clear to me you need this theory to be able to apply to this specific particular situation. It's not all just theoretical. There are actual physical impacts that these theories have. And so I was able to make those leaps and jumps much faster than some of my colleagues. When I think about grad school, one of the things that comes to mind is sort of this fragmentation of life that um, just begin to become more pronounced I had a very specific goal in one area, and I was spending a lot of energy in that area. And this sort of fragmentation was was starting to spread a bit. Um, At Taylor, one of the things we focus on is this idea of whole person Mm. uh, education. How did that that focus of whole person uh, help you navigate some of the fragmentation that can can exist in in when you progress further in higher education Mm. yeah the whole person aspect definitely helped me hone my goals I think because at the end of the day what I want is for my research or my job what I'm studying what I'm doing to make a positive impact on 
the people around me. And so, yes, there were definitely moments during that grad school program where I would be very frustrated because I kept having to switch my mindset from class to class and teaching and doing all of these things. And it felt really, like you said, fragmented, really frustrating sometimes because I just wanted to focus on Mm -hmm. something more specific, which is part of why I chose the PhD program that I did because I just get to focus on my research. Right. But at the same time, the goals for me in my PhD research are still the same as they were when I was at Taylor, even though they're totally rebranded. They're very different. Like the core reason why I want to do this program is because I want to have a positive impact and I want my faith, my brain, my life to be able to have a concrete impact on the world around me. And that was something that I definitely wanted when I went into Taylor. I loved the idea of the integration of faith and learning because I wanted both. And I wanted when I was in high school, I just called it, I want to make the world a better place, even though I had no concrete idea of what that actually meant. Taylor taught me a lot about that, about we've been discussing civic engagement, how to interact with the people around you in a way that's both faithful and thoughtful and they don't have to be separate. Um, so yeah, even though, as I've said, a lot of things have changed since I first decided to go to Taylor 10 years ago, uh, a lot of those core things are the same. Now, uh, we have had a chance to chat today about, um, as you're joining, uh, the communication department, it's no secret on the podcast. I teach in communication. So, uh, those of you listening, uh, I, maybe I'm, I'm bragging a bit, uh, but, um, I wasn't here when you were a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, in the department of communication, there are very few faculty who are still here when you're a student, but there are other faculty across campus who, who were here, who, who were some of those voices, um, in your education that, that encouraged you that, helped you see this integration more clearly, um, who helped clarify that really lovely idea of making the world a better place and help ground it a little bit. Mm, There's so many, several. So apologies if anybody had me and I don't mention you, there are too many to name, but um, Vance Maloney was a big one because I went and did the Irish studies program the year that he took a sabbatical and was there with us. So we were together the 30 students and Vance and Tammy were together all the time. And Vance is a very, um, very good at being globally minded and pushing students to think beyond their context. Mm -hmm. And I deeply, deeply appreciate so much of what he taught me during that program. Uh, He facilitated a safe step for me to move out of my context that I hadn't had before. And that changed the trajectory of my life. I'm still in Ireland because of that program. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Ed Metters, also, I was two classes short of being a Bible minor because of him, but I ended up doing the Irish uh, applied missions minor instead. Okay. Uh, but uh, Dr. Metters was really, really great at making us think more critically about the Bible than I had before. He was also one of the only professors to give me an A minus, which I'm not <laughs> holding against him. But uh, very much lived what he preached, I felt, in a way that was uh, kind and generous. And I really appreciated all of the things that I learned because I didn't grow up in a context where I learned a lot about biblical context and history 
Um, it was much more about you just take the Bible and make it anecdotal towards what you need. Um, not necessarily like that sounds really terrible, but you know, I didn't know a lot about the cultures and the history. So, uh, Dr. Metter's classes really shaped and impacted that. Um, Dr. Bowman, I don't even know if he would remember having me in class. I only took his class because I was roommates with a literature major who talked me into taking his creative writing class. And boy, it was a, he was very kind and generous to me because I was processing a lot during that time and it all came out in my creative writing and he was just so kind in his feedback in a way that I still appreciate because a lot of it was just, that had to be so challenging. I was a very challenging student in that class and um, yeah, he was really great at making me think about how my words mattered even in a creative context, whether it's creative nonfiction or fiction, it's really easy from a communication perspective to say, well, yeah, words can hurt people, but what about when you write them down, even in a fictional context, and how can you be responsible with your words? It was something that he taught me. Next week, uh, the BCTLE podcast uh, is launching the first of a three-part mini-series on Taylor University's mission statement. Are you familiar with the mission statement, Miley? Yes. Could I recite it? No. I love that. Our mission statement is to develop servant leaders marked with a passion to minister Christ's redemptive love and truth to a world in need. When you were a student, my guess is that wasn't explicitly stated in the class. This is what we're doing. Um, But there were markers of it. Um, The servant's towel um, that you receive at graduation Um, the global focus uh, that you might have in a certain class or major or um, the kinds of speakers that we invite to chapel. As you think about uh, your life post-Taylor, where do you see that mission statement aligning, fitting with where God is taking you? And maybe it, it might not all already be it some of it may be setting up for down the road do do you when i share that mission statement does anything stand out to you of i can see where this is existing in Mm -hmm. my life definitely the marked with a passion i feel very passionate about what i'm doing now i think you need to to be getting a phd a little bit (laughs) Um, so, and so many of the passions that I have, like I said, were formed during my time at Taylor. Um, I've always thought the servant leader was an interesting one. That's something that I learned a lot about during my time in Galway after being at Taylor, because like you said, it was part of the language, you know, how do you be a servant and a leader? I think that was engaged with, especially in, um, chapels and in some of the, uh, like there was a class that we took as seniors where, you know, you kind of begin that transition out of university, but it was when I was working full-time for a nonprofit for no money, and um, I, I found myself consistently taking on more than I probably would have in a different context, um, and so during that time, I learned a lot. I felt like I needed to do more than I could in order to be a good servant leader. I needed to be serving, 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 And I think during that time, I learned so much about (laughs) your inability to lead well if you 
are doing too much and trying to serve too much. And I will never regret the experiences I had in Galway and I will never regret the things that I was able to do for the people of Galway. But I do regret sometimes the way that giving of myself so, so much um, impacted some of my communication that I had with people in a very negative way. And I couldn't be a good servant leader because I considered myself a servant to the point where it was frustrating, if this makes sense. So I've learned that in order to take the skills that I have and to be a good leader, I've always cared about leadership. I've always been set up for leadership through um, coming from a small town. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of, if you're successful at all, you're set up Mm -hmm. to be a leader and Mm -hmm. all of these things. And I always loved volunteering to be the heads of whatever, in charge of every group project, if you haven't gotten that vibe already. (laughs) But to do so responsibly and in a way that allows you to serve the people you're leading. And even just to be led was a huge, a huge thing that I learned uh, during that time. So to be a servant leader, I really love that concept. And I really love that I understand it better now, even though the transition was a little difficult. But yeah, and then as far as a world in need, I really, really am hopeful, like I said, that my research that I'm doing now will have a real concrete impact. Because I think before Taylor, I thought of a world in need strictly from like a spiritual sense Mm. of there are so many people who need Jesus. And Taylor, a lot of my experiences through Taylor taught me so much more about how Jesus cared about the physical needs and the real world needs. Mm. And that you can't just tell someone about Jesus and walk away and expect them to understand who he is or what he was about or how their lives would be better. Uh, You need to meet people where they're at and actually provide concrete change for the better. Mm. And I learned a lot about that at Taylor. As we look to this upcoming semester and the students that are going to be in our classes, how would you, this is an opportunity for you to invite a perspective or to encourage faculty how would you encourage us to look at the students in our classes this upcoming fall or how would you encourage us to get excited this upcoming fall the background is a lot of us have been surviving over the last year and a half and that is not a judgment in any way because I'm one of them sometimes I think that when we go through something hard it can be Uh, really challenging to get excited to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I want us to get excited. There's so much that we can get excited about this upcoming year. It's Taylor's 175th year. Uh, We are celebrating the inauguration of a new president and all the promise that comes along with um, a, uh, a, a new leader. Um, We have uh, an incoming class that is, um, filled with students who are going to be experiencing Taylor for the first time. Mm. We've got um, a world that is slowly at different rates and at different levels of scientific guidance opening up, and so trips are more likely to happen. Where There's plenty to be excited about. Mm. From your experience as having been a Taylor student, you've felt that excitement as a student. How would you encourage faculty to get excited? Yeah. 
um, as a student, I was always very excited to come back to Taylor for the fall semester, even when I came off of really good summers. Um, and part of that is the atmosphere that Taylor has, especially, as you said, as things start going back to normal, uh, campus life was unlike anything else. But I think, for instance, the faculty members that I mentioned earlier on, all three of those classes, except for the Irish Studies program, those were supposed to be throwaway classes that I just had to take as part of being a Taylor student. And obviously I would try because I'm me and mm -hmm. I care about grades and I care about those things. But some of the classes that were most impactful for me were core courses or courses that I took because they were interesting, not necessarily because they were, you know, part of my major. And so many of my classes in my major were hugely impactful. But I think that sometimes it's hard for faculty to see how big of an impact they have on a student, even if they only have them for one class, even if it's just a foundational class. A lot of those foundational classes were very, very influential for me. Ooh, I thought of another one. Uh, I had Dr. Tracy Manning for, I said doctor, <laughs> I had Tracy Manning for my uh, intro to art class and then I had her again for aesthetics. Absolutely blew my mind with the way she sees the world and introduced me to a whole new beautiful way to see the world. And again, a class that was just, oh, it was an 8 a.m. I was so frustrated I had to take it. I did not want to do it. Everyone talked about how art as an experience was just such a drag. And she walked in the room and just changed my whole perspective on art, on culture, on theater, which is something I cared about already. So I, I think it's hard to underestimate the impact that faculty has on Taylor students. And I hope that's an encouragement because for me, a lot of the Taylor faculty shaped how I see the world in a very real and concrete way. Miley, this podcast is about inviting a conversation across campus. And we've had conversations about everything this spring and this summer. So thanks for being a part of the conversation. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. If you're looking for more ways to get connected with the BCTLE podcast, maybe you're looking for BCTLE session content, or maybe you're trying to find resources to help you develop your classes, or maybe you have some ideas about uh, who should be a part of the conversation next. Email us at bctlepodcast at taylor.edu. At the BCTLE, our mission is to encourage and equip our faculty in their calling as teachers, their care for students, and their designs for learning. We see and appreciate everything you are doing to connect with your students to create incredible learning opportunities for them. We hope that this podcast has encouraged and equipped you to help make Monday just a little bit better.